BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Baseball Insiders Podcast with Mark Carmen and Robert Murray. Welcome in to the first ever Baseball Insiders Fan-Sided Podcast. My name is Mark Carmen with our Baseball Insider, Robert Murray, a.k.a. Bert. It's Bert and Carmen here for you. Bert. I think this is big that you're bird. I'm Carm. We got we got we got four letters, and we're gonna we're we're going we're going deep. The playoffs are right around the corner. We got Frank Thomas on the show today. It's a big day, a big day, and we might be the uh, the best Bert duo since uh, Bert and Ernie. So uh, yeah, we <laughs> we got that going for us. Yeah, I'm excited to talk to the big hurt. We'll do a lot of White Sox, so we're gonna touch on Shohei Otani and his comments with him. We're batting six today. That's right. We got the lineup. Uh, we can bat nine, we can bat 12, but today we're batting six and we're going to lead off with Shohei Otani and his interesting comments in a minute. I know you're you're excited to tackle what's going on with Joe Madden's Angels. Oh, gosh, yeah, that is an absolute debacle over there. We have Madden, we got Mike Trout, we got Otani speaking out about their lack of contending, and um, the frustration with Otani was really surprising to me. I did not see him speaking out about that at all, and all of a sudden he just drops a comments yesterday of, saying, I really like the team, I love the fans, but more than that, I want to win. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Like That leaves the door open for a lot of stuff. Sure does. The Baseball Insiders podcast starts right now with the Red Hot Cardinals and the battling NL West. Congratulations to the Giants and the Dodgers. Here we go. Frank Thomas coming up. Welcome to the Baseball Insiders. Quote, I really like the team. I love the fans. I love the atmosphere of the team. But more than that, I want to win. That's the biggest thing for me. I'll leave it at that. That's Shohei Otani talking through an interpreter. He's a free agent after 2023. Bert, where did this come from? Yeah, when when Otani came over to Major League Baseball, he had plenty of visions in mind, but his number one thing is he wanted to play baseball at its highest level, and that means making the postseason. And the Angels have not done that. They have not made the playoffs since 2014, not, ha- not had a winning season since 2015. And 
his frustration is boiling over and we see it with Mike Trout. We see it with Joe Madden too. Like that team needs to make the postseason. They need to maximize the windows for these guys. They have not come close to doing that. And how do you do that? You surround these guys with really good pitching. Um, they have one guy in the minor leagues that they really like in Reed Detmers. Um, and they ended up spending literally all of their draft picks this last year on pitching. And yet they still have not been able to field a competent rotation and because of it, they're not going to lose Mike Trout. He just signed that mega extension, but they could end up losing Shohei Otani, who could end up being, if he stays healthy, the face of baseball. And that's a nightmare scenario for the Angels. So your free agent pitchers are Max Scherzer and Clayton Kershaw and Justin Verlander and Robbie Ray, Noah Syndergaard. I mean, you think the Angels have the money to be in there? I, I know that. I guess they do. Do you think they'll be? I guess will they be the the Will they be at the top of the market, maybe the high, high top of the market to get one of those guys at least done? And they probably need two. Yeah, I, I would agree they need two. And I think the player to watch is Max Scherzer for sure. Um, they tried to get him at the deadline. That was never a real, like, realistic scenario. Like, he was always going to either the Dodgers or the Padres. And lo and behold, it went to the, he went to the Dodgers. Um, but in the offseason, he wants to – like at the deadline, he wanted to go to a West coast team and he got his wish and the angels are a West coast team. Would you want to go to a team that's maybe not going to contend like the Dodgers? Perhaps maybe money talks, but I think Scherzer is going to end up being their top target when it's all said and done. They've shown a willingness to spend um, in pre previous off seasons. They've won. They've obviously extended trout. They signed Anthony Rendon and they've spent a lot of money in different areas of this roster. They finally need to do it with pitching. And if you can get a guy like Scherzer, Maybe Artie Marino, their owner, finally spends on pitching. And, yeah, there's no more perfect candidate than Scherzer. I'll give you my nightmare for the Angels. You're 74 and 82. All right. Now, granted, Mike Trout hasn't played since May with the calf injury. You've got nothing from Rendon. I, I, okay, that, I'll, that, that's fine. But you got everything from Shohei. And, and maybe he'll be this consistent. But – you're talking about a guy who's been the MVP of baseball and you're eight under to me. That's he has, he can't be this good going forward. Can he? I mean, it just, I, I'm not saying he's going to drop off the, the planet, but you've gotten an unbelievable year that you've wasted. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable that they're in this situation. Like you're exactly right. Like that, the, the fact they're not even 500 with Otani performing at this level it's, it's concerning. Obviously they didn't have trout for most of the year too. I mean, that obviously hurts a lot. Um, and the question about whether Shohei is going to be this good going forward is legitimate because he's been historically good. Um, he's hit what 45 home runs, got an ERA, just a little bit over three. Like that is remarkable. Um, and if he continues at this level, that free agent contract that he's going to eventually sign, is just going to be stupid high. I had an executive when I asked after Otani's comments yesterday, um, what exactly his contract could look like. He didn't even give me a number. He just said, I'll hand him a blank check. And it's like, <laughs> whoa. I mean, how many players can you say that about? But like for Otani, if he continues it, he deserves it. He's, he's like, he's that good. He's a unicorn. What's the top? What a trout get 462. Do I have that right? Yeah. A little, I think at 420 in that range. Okay. Yeah. Which uh, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So, half a billion for Shohei. Uh, these contracts, by the way, they never work out. And I would say that he's a, I'm not that he's not going to get it. He'll get it. But yeah. you know, every year it's touch and go with the arm. So, and that's fine. 
You could just be a guy who mashes, but mm-hmm. that's a, that's a scary long-term deal. It is, and he's already shown a sign of previous injury history. He had the damaged UCL right right at the beginning of his career in major leagues, um, and this year he had the the arm soreness, and he's pitching through it, which I still don't agree with. I think that's playing with fire, um, but he's got that injury history, and that's one of the things that he's going to have to prove that he can do is stay healthy um, in order to earn that contract. Like performance wise, he's earned it. But if he can stay, if he can't stay healthy, then that market's going to be significantly limited. Yeah, I, I really don't know what Joe Madden and the Angels are doing on that side of it. Uh, by the way, Madden's comments about the team losing: "Quote: This can't continue to go on. We can't annually be in this position. This organization is better than that. We deserve better than that. We have to go out and earn it." I mean, Joe's gone out and earned it, and he doesn't need to mince words at this point in his career. So you've got Otani talking out, you got Madden talking out, you got Trout talking out. I mean, the Angels aren't exactly this is this ain't the Mets and the Yankees and the Red Sox, but they're like they're front and center with their uh, displeasure. It's kind of it's kind of fun actually. It is fun, and it's like you hear all these guys talking. And it's like other than that, uh, everything's fine. I mean, it's it's a it's an absolute disaster. Um, and like when you have these level of players, and you have the the manager that your owner desperately wanted, all speaking out at once. Like that puts a ton of pressure on a front office to do it. And if, if they don't do it, that's those cries for help are only going to get louder. And we're going to hear these guys be a lot more pissed off than they already are. All right, let's go to batting second in our lineup today. Again, batting six, we will tackle the Yankees a little bit more specifically in a second, but let's, let's look at this American league uh, playoff race. And there hasn't been a race in the central uh, White Sox went in first place May 4th. That's 146 days ago. Obviously, uh, they have clinched, and the Astros are taking the West, and those two are going to, in all 99% likelihood, uh, 0.9, I should say, match up in the first round. But here come the Yankees sweeping the Red Sox. So Boston now is uh, chasing, and but the Yankees have a very tough series coming with Toronto, and they're a little dinged up here. But a huge, 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 huge weekend from New York. 42 comeback wins now for the Yankees in their roller coaster season. Awful impressive. Yeah, it's extremely impressive. And as you said, it puts them right in line to lead this American League race that is featuring all these teams. Like if you look at the standings right now, the Yankees are leading it at 89 and 67. You got the Red Sox at 88 and 68. The Blue Jays at 87 and 69. The Mariners of all teams, like who would who could have seen the Mariners in this thing? Like not like after the deadline, I thought they were dead to rights because the players were also voicing their displeasure with Jerry DePoto and his moves or, or lack thereof um, at 86 and 70. Then you have the A's at 85 and 71. And this last week of baseball is going to be absolutely bananas. Uh, like I'll run through the matchups right now. So like, cause like I've been looking ahead, I've been looking at this and it's just like, heck yeah. Like, let's go. <laughs> so you got the Yankees and blue Jays. Then you got the Yankees and Rays. You got the, uh, the Blue Jays against the Orioles, the Red Sox against the Orioles, and then the Nationals. Uh, you got the Mariners and A's. Then you got the Mariners and the uh, the Angels while the A's finish up with the Astros. Like All these matchups have playoff implications, and all these teams are bunched up. Like You cannot ask for much more than this if you're a baseball fan. I don't know what the heck is going to happen because if I like, – I've made a plenty of predictions already, and they've gone down the toilet. Um so I should not be in the prediction business, but I just know this is going to get absolutely crazy. And the Yankees winning this or the sweeping the Red Sox 
changes the playoff picture completely. The, the Yankees have won six in a row. Before that, they lost three or four. Before that, they won three in a row. And then if you go, let's go to the Yankees losing streak. When they dropped, what was it, seven straight from, uh, they were 78 and 56 on September the 3rd after they beat Baltimore. They lose two to the O's at home. They lose four straight to Toronto at home. And they lose on the road. They get smoked by the Mets, 10-3. So they, yes. I mean, unbelievable. They, so they, And it's like, okay, they're done. And now, and this has gone out all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they have a huge winning streak from uh, August 14th to the 27th. Uh, can you make sense of, of why this has happened in New York at all? It's uh, it's a combination of a lot of different things, but they are literally the most streaky team in baseball. Um, and when things are going right, they're getting performances like of the caliber that they got against the Red Sox from Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. Like those guys, they completely changed the equation for the Yankees. And when they acquired Stanton in 2017, what they envisioned was Stanton pairing with Judge and creating this absolute monster duo in the middle of their lineup. And we got to see that um, on Sunday where Judge ended up hitting a two RBI double that came off his bat at 118.4 miles an hour, which is absurd. Yeah, it's that's otherworldly. And then right after that, you have Stanton hitting 116.4 mile an hour tater over Fen or uh, over the green monster at Fenway. Um, And Stanton was awesome against the Red or against the Red Sox. and if those two guys can end up staying hot and they can get different performances or like quality performances from other players in the roster, uh, DJ LeMay, he was a key, key player for them. You can get all these guys working together. Pitching staff performs well, bullpen too. They're a very dangerous team. And when they're hot, they're an extremely good team. But when they're cold, like it is not good. And you don't know what Yankees team you're going to get, which is a dangerous thing going into the playoffs, but um, if they're clicking, they're a very dangerous opponent. Yeah, we're, we're in our, our third spot in the order, flipping back and forth here, second and third. But uh, and, and look, the Yankees sweeping the Red Sox at Fenway. That's the first time since 2015. And more Stanton love here. 10 RBIs in the three-game series. That is, uh, yeah, player number two in New York Yankee history. Decent history right there. Mm-hmm. who's had 10, 10 RBIs against the Red Sox. Um, that's courtesy of ESPN Stats and Information. Shout out ESPN Stats and Information. Uh, I, I'm just looking at it from a standpoint. Who does does Robert Murray think of the AL wildcard contenders that we just listed? Who has the best chance to A, win the wildcard game, and then B, make a significant run into deep into October here. So right now the leaders are the Yankees and the Red Sox. And I did not think a week ago that the Yankees would end up being like in this position where they actually be like in the lead and control of the number one spot. Um, But if they're playing at this level, like they did against Boston, I think they're, they got to be the favorites to do so, but I cannot rule out the Toronto blue Jays. They are stacked. Um, they have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Marcus Simeon, who is like a sneaky MVP candidate. He won't win it, of course, uh, but he might end up finishing in the top five, along with Vlad, Vlad Jr., um, Robbie Ray, who's probably going to win the AL Cy Young. 
they have all these pieces. I, that's not even to mention Jose Barrios, who they ended up trading for at the deadline. It was like an ace quality pitcher, although some people think he's a number two. Um, but they have so many different pieces on this team that they can be a postseason nightmare. Um, and if they end up making the wild card round and getting past that, they're probably a team that a, a lot of teams view like the Cardinals and the fact that they're a postseason nightmare um, and that they have the lineup that can compete with anybody and could even make a surprise World Series run from the wild card spot. Bert, where do you rank run differential in your pantheon of baseball statistics when you're evaluating a team? Yeah, I think that's something you got to look at for sure. Um, like that's what, like, what do you think about it? I mean, I think it matters. I think, I think it's yeah. a very good indicator. And if you look at to, to back up your point with the blue Jays, the blue Jays are plus one seventy two. So who's better than Toronto, the Dodgers at plus two forty seven. That's the best in baseball. Then you've got the Astros plus two Oh five. And then the giants are plus one ninety seven. The Rays are plus 191. And then here you go with the Toronto Blue Jays at plus 172. 198 specifically, better than the Red Sox. And the Yankees are sitting in their streaky world at plus 44. So, I mean, if we're really trying to boil this down to who actually is the most talented, best team without the randomness of baseball, Toronto jumps out at you and when if you look at it that way oh absolutely and like and, and that fact i mean they can put up 10 runs on you and they can shut you out no problem it's like it, with them it's pick your poison it's and it makes them just like i used the word nightmare before to describe them and they are because they are such a dangerous team and with the amount of players that they have the quality high-end players no matter it's they're so dangerous and i I've heard from a number of different American league executives who tell me that same exact thing. Like if the blue Jays sneak into the second wildcard spot, that's a team to watch out for and run differential. As you said, they stand out like a sore thumb. Like that's that, that team scares the crap out of me. If I'm, if I'm facing them. I watched a piece on Vlad jr. The other day. And, uh, I, it was, it was, it was so, it was so nice, Bert, that he was, he was so adorable it was, did you see what I was talking about? He was interviewed by somebody in Spanish, female. She was fantastic. Oh, is it Marley Rivera? I, I, I don't know the name, who, but it was like a – he basically just talked about how he was not satisfied with how he was taking care of his body. He made a significant change and he just was very humble. Yeah. And, and he talks to his dad, like, I guess every day. They talk hitting all the time. And now we're getting into my childhood and our age difference, but watching his dad play for the Expos and hit balls that, you know, off his shoe tops, you know, into the Olympic stadium air. I think he was just phenomenal. And it, it, I, Vlad's very, very, very likable. I I don't know if, by the way, if you, if I'm assuming you do, you don't have an MVP vote, but if you did, who would you cast it for? I would so I would vote for uh, I would vote for Otani, and that's not a slight at all to like Vlad Jr. at all. Like like both of those guys are extremely deserving. And you mentioned the the, the weight issue from from Vlad and like how he really took that to heart. I had a source like I just dug up the text right here. It's from January 18th of 2020. It was right before spring training, and I had a Blue Jays source who I trust wholeheartedly 
tell me that if Vlad Jr. did not start, or if he didn't come to camp at a certain weight, he would start at first base. And that if he did cut weight, he would be the third baseman. And the Blue Jays, they expressed that to him and they made it a priority. Like that was a huge issue for him. And he ended up, he, he came back and he was in tremendous shape. Um, and that weight issue, I think, is going to follow him throughout his entire career. And it's something the Blue Jays are, are going to be on him about. Um, but like, he's done it so far. And like when he's at peak performance or peak um, physique or something along those lines. Condition. Um, sure. Yeah, 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 in, in good condition, like he can perform at this level. And he's just like, you can't go wrong in the, the MVP debate between Otani and, and Vlad Jr. Like both deserving, but Vlad Jr. is probably going to come in second. And look, you can be talented enough and it's baseball that you can be successful playing. There's a lot of guys who have played fat and have done well, but yep. if you're really trying to be the best player you can be, I don't, I, I that topic, it's, I, I rarely hear it discussed to me. It's like, look, I mean, how much better a player would Ryan Howard or Cecil Fielder or David Wells or whoever you want to name. Yep. Uh, and, and, and this year specifically, there was a guy in Chicago by the name of your Mercedes who looked like the rookie of the year and like an MVP candidate early in the season. Yep. And I'm not saying that he fell apart because of the weight, but, part of his dedication to the game. I think you could see in the way he was carrying the, the amount of weight he was carrying any rate. Uh, good for Vlad. That's awesome. Uh, hey, let's, let's go to the cleanup spot here and over to the national league and the Cardinals have won 16 in a row, uh, but they're you're staring at a matchup with the Dodgers who are two games back of the giants. As we record this, uh, that's a, that's a hell of a reward for playing incredible baseball, the best baseball in the history of the Cardinals franchise. They've never won 16 in a row. Yeah. Hey, congratulations, Cardinals. You won 16 games in a row. Here's a, a matchup of the Dodgers who like are probably going 105 games like that. You could not draw a more brutal matchup for them. But here's the thing is I think it's not going to be easy by any stretch because they're going to have to face Max Scherzer in that lineup. That's basically an all-star lineup, but they, they can beat them. You got Adam Wainwright, who's probably going to end up starting for the Cardinals. And you have a lineup that has all these guys who are contributing. You got Paul Goldschmidt, who's probably the best hitter in baseball right now. You have Nolan Arenado, who's both elite offensively and defensively. Tyler O'Neill, whose triceps are just taking him to prominence here. Like he's, He's turning into a star right before our eyes. Um, and you also have Dylan Carlson. You have all these guys offensively. Pitching staff, as I said, Wainwright's going to start. And if they end up having the lead after six or seven innings, after Wainwright comes out, do you go with Jack Flaherty for the last two innings or maybe one inning? Like that's going to be an option that they're going to probably consider. And it, it's a really good option. Like the Cardinals – they're going to go in as severe underdogs, especially since the game is going to be played at Dodger Stadium. But they have the players to, to make that upset happen. And not only do they have that, but they have the upset or they have the players to even make a deep postseason run. And if you told me that I would say such a thing about a month ago, I would have told you that you're nuts. Um, they, they're, uh, they're probably the most dangerous team, even over the Blue Jays heading into the postseason. They haven't been the consistently at the top of the division Cardinals since the Cubs got good. Um, And, and the Brewers have obviously are are still there now. So, but there's this St. Louis philosophy, Robert Murray, that I'd love you to kind of dive into here. Mm -hmm. Paul Goldschmidt, great player, sort of falls out of favor, becomes available. 
There the Cardinals are going to get him. Goldschmidt leaves the team in batting average, on-base percentage, hits all of it. Then you go, and oh, there's this third baseman in Colorado who was out there seemingly forever. Nobody was willing to pull the trigger. And then here come the Cardinals. Arenado leading the team in homers, leading the team in RBIs. They've done this over time where premium guys who get overpaid become available, and St. Louis always seems to be at the ready to pick up, you know, just to get them when their value is slightly down and they're betting on a heavy recovery, and most times they've been right. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, too, because Bush Stadium is not a hitter's ballpark. It's a pitcher's ballpark, and you see these guys like Arenado and Goldschmidt. They performed really well, even at Bush Stadium, and it's it's a credit to their front office and it's a credit to their ownership, and they've been able to do that because they haven't invested significant, like, massive resources into other areas of the roster. If you look at their pitching staff, you have Wainwright, who's making eight million bucks next season, or this season, I should say. Jack Flaherty is still arbitration eligible, and he could like I would be stunned if he ends up signing an extension there. I'll I'll tell you that right now from talking to people who know. Um, like just just keep an eye on that. Um, and they like they have Andrew Miller who's on the books right now, but he's gonna be a free agent at the end of the year. They've been they've made sure not to deplete themselves financially this year and in the future, which is why they've been able to do it. And to their credit, in, in getting Arenado, they didn't give up any of their top five prospects. And they had the Rockies play pay 50 plus million dollars right. to take Arenado. Right. Like, right. That is, uh, I'm shocked that their, their president of baseball operations, John Mozeliak, did not go to prison for highway robbery um, <laughs> because that deal was freaking brutal. Um, as I said, credit to their front office. And that's why that's part of the reason why they've been able to make this run. But like, I want to, like, I want to backtrack. I want to make one point real quick about Tyler O'Neill. They, they could easily ended up adding another veteran outfielder this, this winter. Um, like a lot of people push for it, but their internal projections and something that they were adamant about was that if he got more at bats, he would end up performing at a higher level. No, they did not see like this happening. Um, but his he's on a very strong path to being a star. He needs to cut down the strikeout rate, which is hovering around 30% right now. Um, but that's a huge credit to them because not many people saw a breakout coming, especially to this degree, and it's changed their team. And if you look at, you know, th- this is a guy who's 26. You, I don't know, some organizations give up on a guy like that, right? Yeah, the or, Mariners did. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, hey, again, talent evaluation, knowing, being able to evaluate your organization, being able to evaluate others, this the quote unquote Cardinals way. Uh, yeah, uh, that that would play into it uh, again with Tyler O'Neill. And you know what? I was, I was thinking about when you were talking about the dollars that they saved, uh, you know, or got the the Rockies deal with Arenado. Even if you go all the way back to a guy whose contract is expiring and finally off the books where we started the podcast today with the Angels, most organizations, they're paying Albert Pujols. Mm-hmm. Car- Cardinals didn't do it. Not doing it. We're, we're not paying you for prior performance. Despite the fact that we love you and your first class, Albert, we know that $300 million for you going forward does not work. It doesn't look good for us. So they, that was a lot of courage at the time. 
Yeah, that took a massive set of stones. Um, and it had it had St. Louis fans rightfully upset because you're losing a, a team legend, a, a city legend, and it, it paid off for them. And if they ended up signing pools at that time, Arenado is not in St. Louis today. Um, and that's like, it's very easy for these teams to give in to public pressure. But the fact that they've held firm on pools um, and even other decisions too, like, a lot of the moves that the front office makes or does not make are not popular in that city. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a huge credit to them. You end up doing what the fans want. You end up sitting with the fans. I've heard a lot of executives say that. Uh, that's no disrespect to the fans, by the way. We love the fans on our Baseball Insiders podcast. I've been wrong 8,000 times, but the next prediction I make is going to be right. That's Let's right. Take... <laughs> Thank you, Robert. Thank you. <laughs> Let's take a quick timeout. We'll come on back with our five and six hole. The six hole, don't go anywhere. Frank Thomas coming up. This is the Baseball Insiders podcast. All right, Robert Murray. You disagreed, even though he didn't speak on it at the time, when I wrote that Tony LaRussa at fansided.com could mm-hmm. be, will turn out to be the perfect hire for the Chicago White Sox, who, just for the record, I've been in bed with the White Sox for a while now. They were on WGN Radio, where I also do some part-time work, did pre and post for three years with the White Sox, White Sox Weekly, sat down in the dugout many times with Tim Anderson and company. So I, I, I'm i a fan of the team and, and love a ton of the players. And I liked Ricky Renteria, but he clearly showed last year that he wasn't ready for prime time. And so they went out and got Tony, got a, and there was a lot of bad juju around it. But the Sox have been in first place, Robert Murray, for 146 days in a terrible division, I grant you. But they also were a very banged-up team that got healthy on the field. And now, pitching-wise, we're dealing with a little bit of Carlos Rodon, and we're going to talk to Frank Thomas about how they should set up the rotation in a second. But let me ask you, are these White Sox set up for a deep, significant, to the World Series playoff run? What do you think? Don't I, I, I can, I, I'm sorry. To, yeah, I don't want to break your heart, but I, I don't think so. And I think they're going to – they're in a position to end up being a one and done team, which would be a huge disappointment for, for, uh, for what they've done this season. And I'll, I'll bat, I'll start with Tony LaRusso. Like you're exactly right. Like I was not a fan of that hire. Um, no offense to you. Um, Cause when they, I, I understood the move to, uh, to, to fire Rick Renteria, like totally was behind that. And I was thinking that with AJ Hinch's Stanford connection with uh, Kenny Williams in the front office, I thought that was a sure thing. And all of a sudden, Bob Nightingale reports that Larusa is a, a leading candidate for the job, and I had to take a step back and I'm thinking, what? And like, I was trying to weigh like the the obvious, or I was trying to weigh the factors here. He's obviously got a lot of postseason experience, um, and he's been a very successful manager. But he hadn't been in the manager seat in almost in over a decade, um, and they're asking him to lead a team that had all this talent and had World Series expectations. I, I didn't understand it, and then the DUI thing hit. But fast forward to now, like there's their season this year has been a thing of po- or has been a, a season of p- perseverance here, um, and they've overcome a lot of different injuries. Eloy Jimenez, uh, Luis Robert, like all these guys, um, and they've been able to survive and stay in first place. And they have the pitching to do it. Although Carlos Rodon, he had a bullpen session today that was quote unquote just okay, and when you hear that. 
that's kind of concerning. Um, and Lucas Giolito could end up being their, their opening starter. Like they have the pieces that they could beat the Astros, but I, I, I just don't have confidence in La Russa since it's been so long for him to be in the postseason that he's going to end up getting the job done. And I'm sure Frank Thomas will disagree with me when we have him on the show. Um, but I, I, I'm just not optimistic that they're going to end up getting it done. You think that the Astros are significantly a, 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 a huge talent advantage is what I'm trying to say. I wouldn't say talent advantage because like, I don't want to like slight the White Sox here. Like the White Sox are very talented, but the White Sox or the, the Astros have something in the White Sox, White Sox don't. And that's postseason experience. I know Larissa has got plenty of it, but this is a very young roster. Um, and they obviously do have guys who have been to the postseason before. Like they have uh, Dallas Keuchel. They have Liam Hendricks. I mean, that's just a couple of the guys. They have Craig Kimbrell, too, who's been in the postseason before. So it's, it's not like the White Sox don't have any of these guys. But the Astros, they have this experience, and they have experience playing in adversity that not many players do with their cheating scandal. It's This is not going to be a popular opinion, but I got the Astros winning this series. Um, but I think the White Sox do make it interesting just because their talent is not going to allow them to just fall over and, and let the Astros go by them. Do you think Carlos Correa stays in Houston? No. I, I'm, I'm very confident that he's gone. Um, they made him an extension offer. I think it was right before the season started. That was not even close to what he was looking for. Um, and I am very confident that he's gone. Um, and that his eventual deal in free agency is going to end up starting with the number three. Um, and maybe, maybe he gets more than Francisco Lindor and Fernando Tatis, who signed for 340 and 341 million. Although the, the cheating scandal might hurt his chances there. I keep on hearing his name attached to the Cubs. If the Cubs go out and spend 350 million on Carlos Correa that they wouldn't give to Javi Baez, Chris Bryant. Oh my God. Wait, is that is that that's buzz out there? I've I've heard a, a bunch, yeah. That, that the Cubs are are. I don't. That number makes me think it won't happen. Yeah, and that's what I figured he would get. But I I know the Cubs are at least interested significantly in Correa. Jed Hoyer made comments saying that they're going to spend money, yeah. intelligent money. So I don't know if he would look at three hundred fifty million on Carlos Correa's intelligent money. Those again, those contracts rarely work out. Uh. Last time they spent like that, it didn't work out on Jason Hayward. But before that, they got, you know, Lester did. Different position, though. Like, they're, they're, it just, it's interesting to me. You're, you're in this, you rip the team down. You don't have any pitching. Spending huge on Correa right now seems ahead of the curve for where they're at. But who knows? Who knows? Um, Tom yeah. Ricketts wants to sell some tickets. Let me tell let me, So there's that. Um, all right. We got off track here, Robert Murray. This has been a ton yeah. of fun, by the way, today. Um, and I'm super excited about being with you each week. We want you all to subscribe to the Baseball Insiders. You want to give a lengthy 10-second spiel on, on what they're going to get every damn week here with you on the inside like you are, you stud you? Well, we're gonna, you're going to get a lot of insight on, uh, on baseball here and probably me as we get uh, more podcast episodes up here, me ripping karma a little bit. So oh, uh, just get ready for that. Yeah, uh, hey, I'm, I'm here for my – incredible blazing hot takes and my baseball knowledge, but you are, uh, you are, you're the next Tim Kirkchen. You're, you're the next passing. You're the next, I, I think you're going to be, I think you can be managing a team someday, Robert Murray. I've got you in a Joe Girardi. Who's your favorite manager of all time? 
favorite manager of all time, I'll go Bruce Bochy since I grew okay. up. Okay. Uh, all right. I got you as my Bruce Bochy. Whatever you want to do in this game, you're going to do it. Damn it. Yeah, I got the head size for it. So we're already got we're already halfway there. Should we talk to Frank Thomas? Yeah, I think we can do that. You want to? Yeah, let's talk to the big hurt. So, all right, we'll take a one minute timeout here. Frank Thomas, right now. Thank you again for checking out the Baseball Insiders. Tell a friend, tell a family member, subscribe. We will be with you every single week, 52 weeks of the year. All your inside information, the fun conversation, and we're super excited to do it. And we're also super excited to talk to one of the greatest right-handed hitters in the history of the sport, Frank Thomas, right now on the Baseball Insiders Podcast. The Hall of Famer, the Big Hurt, Frank Thomas, working with Verilux. We'll get to that in one second. But, Frank, I want you to set the White Sox rotation for the playoffs right now. Let's assume they're playing the Houston Astros. And, uh, hey, it's game one. Who's the Big Hurt going with? Well, it comes down to who's healthy and uh, who pitches well for the last week because, you know, I'm worried about Lance Lynn's back. He's a little tweaking a little back in Cleveland the other day. He would be the number one uh, with the season he's had. But if he's not healthy, I would look at either Giolito or, or Dylan Cease as the number one. Dylan Cease, for me, is a, is a young Justin Verlander. Uh, once he figures out when to use his changeup, everything else is going to be so much better because he has a dominant fastball and curveball. So um, they have options. And with one of the best bullpens in baseball, if not concerned with their pitching, I'm worried about the hitting being consistent in the October ride. Are those the three that you would use, or are you still holding out hope that Rodon can get there? I think Rodon at this point, he might be a little taxed. Uh, he's, he's, he's been a little sore. Um, you know, watch this guy deal all season long. He's a, he's a max effort guy, hard fastball, hard slider, and he's pitched more innings than he ever have in the big league. So if he's healthy, if we can get him out there for four-plus, I'm happy with that and uh, use them accordingly, but you don't want to blow them out for the future. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been some concerns, at least nationally, about how Tony LaRusso is going to fare in the postseason, especially in this era. I, I know that you're a big fan of his, but like, what do you, what do you think about that? I don't worry about proven winners. He's been there, done that with three organizations, basically. Uh, you, you just, it's one of those things that Tony knows how to win. And uh, he got a lot of naysayers earlier in the season. By all-star break, no one was talking at all about Tony Russo because one thing about him, he knows how to win baseball games. And he's one heck of a leader. And you see his teammate. I mean, it's this team, they all rally around him and they love him inside that clubhouse. So uh, not worried about Tony Russo. I think he is the man that got this team to the next championship. Frank, do you look at the White Sox like they're an underdog? Uh, they better think they're underdogs because you don't want to be the haunted. I think the Dodgers got to be the haunted. If you look at it, you know, they have an all-star team, all-stars in every position, one of the better staffs in all of baseball consistently. Uh, adding Max Scherzer really helped. So uh, Dodgers got to be the – I think the front runner has got to be the Dodgers and everyone else is right right there under them. Yeah, and the, their first round, they're going to end up probably playing the Astros. And obviously La is going to end up going up against Dusty Baker. How do you yes. view that matchup? It's a great matchup. Two great managers. Uh Houston sells a lot to prove, you know, with all the, 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 the cheating rumors and everything else. Uh, they want to show people they can win without cheating. And I'm sure uh, they have a veteran guys that have been there, done that. They will, they will be relaxed in October. So uh, the White Sox going to have a hell of a first round beating the, the Houston Astros because that's going to be a tough, tough task, and especially if they don't have the home field advantage. You, do you think they beat them? Uh, it comes down to pitch in October. I think we have enough pitching in the, in the past – you know, you look at Garrett Cole and Verlander 
leading their rotation. They don't have that right now, but they do have some young, gritty player uh, pitchers that have been getting the job done. So uh, when you talk about dominant starters, it's not the same anymore. So I, I look at the White Sox with the dominant starters and the dominant bullpen, finding a way to win four, uh, four out of seven. Tony and Dusty went at it back in the day when Dusty was managing the Cubs, when, when Tony was in the Cardinals dugout. That was a famous moment. They don't like each other, Frank. Does that, no. does that factor into the That's series? Great. That's great for national TV. So, you know, both teams will be fired up and it'll be a great series. Uh, yeah. Both of them are proven winners, and I'd like to watch them, watch them compete because they know how to win and they've won consistently their entire careers. So let me ask you about the little national stuff here. Uh, Shohei Otani, is he your MVP, by the way, before I go into his comments over the weekend? Uh, that's a loaded question. He was for the first four months of the season. Um, but now you look at what Savi Perez has done as a catcher. You know, people don't understand. That's the most demanding position in all of baseball. Catch 120 games and hit 46 home runs and 115 RBIs is unheard of. So Vlad wow. Guerrero, another kid who could win it. Wouldn't surprise me if he won it because he's been pacing the Triple Crown all year long. So let's just see how it works out. I, I, I really believe that it's going to come down. If, if Vlad has a big week this week against the Yankees and the Orioles, he could, he could walk away with a very close decision because you got three guys that might share some of those first-place votes now. Yeah, and, and going back to the White Sox for a second, you mentioned their pitching staff and their bullpen. But for them, who do you think is their X factor? Uh, I would say Michael Kopech. If Michael Kopech. He might pull a start. Who knows? They start another day. He looked very good. So uh, he has dominant stuff. He has mismissed stuff, plus, plus, plus everything. Um, he could be that X factor in the playoffs and get you two straight, uh, you know, scoreless innings, or you can start him in a spot start if some of the, uh, the key components of the starting staff is not healthy. Would you start him? Your partner is going to have a heart attack. Ozzy Guillen on TV, you want some one inning. I and mean, that's a bold move at this point. Uh, he's a starter. He's a natural starter. He adjusted to the bullpen. He did well, but he's going to be back starting real soon. He's not going to be in the bullpen forever. And when you got a guy who has missed missed stuff, just like Dylan Cease, that's a heck of a one-two combination in the future as, as starters. Yeah, and I'm not sure how much you've watched the St. Louis Cardinals, but I'm assuming you've seen what they've done winning 16 in a row. What's What's been your impressions there? What do you think is, has gone into that? Um it's been amazing, but the Cardinals always seem to find a way to get to the playoffs. Uh, I'm not surprised at them, but, but uh, you, you sit there and you go, if you win 16, 17 in a row, uh, you know what's next, a long losing streak. So hopefully they don't win out the rest of the season and get to the playoffs and lose, you know, after having a couple of days off, lose four or five baseball games. It could happen quickly. What was the longest winning streak that you were part of? Do you remember? Uh, I think around 13, 14 games. Oh, man. And what follows that? you know, four or five game losing streak. And oh. it just happens. Yeah. It's like you're on top of that tree and then you fall off. And it's like, you know, I don't know what happened. You just need to recover a little bit. So hopefully that doesn't happen to the Cardinals. But, man, you don't want to win 20, you know, 20 straight games and then go into the playoffs and then have a few days off. And that's what could happen when you go to the playoffs. So the Big Hurt does not believe in, in, in playoff momentum or end of regular season get oh, hot. Of course I do. Of course I do. I totally believe in that. But they fall so hard to get to the playoffs. And when you get there, you know, it took a lot of energy to get there. So let's just see what they have left in October because it's a totally different season. Yeah, because they're going to exert all that energy, and all of a sudden they might have a first-round wild-card matchup against the Dodgers, having Wainwright and then exactly. Scherzer. That's brutal. Exactly. They're still dangerous, but, uh, you know, when you face up against the Dodgers, watch out. You know, you get Scherzer and, and Walker Bueller and the other kid, Arias. 
back to back to back. That can be a long week. Yeah. So he has so many ways to beat you. That's absolutely just absurd. Yes. Frank, I was a little caught off guard by Shohei Otani, who, you know, gets props as being just a great guy. And, I, and I'm sure he is. And, but here he is saying that, Hey, uh, I want to win. And so I'm not sure if I want to stay with the angels. You were a guy who wanted to play your entire career with the White Sox. Like, I, what's your reaction to a great player wondering if the grass is greener? Well, the grass is always greener if you play in New York City. I mean, just think how big he would be in New York City right now. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, this guy's incredible talent. Of course he wants to win. He's always won in Japan. So um, the Angels are going to do everything possible to, to bring him a winning squad. You know, you saw them in the, in the uh, draft this year. They drafted all pitchers, and that's the only thing they're missing in that team is pitching. So once they're healthy with Mike Trout and the rest of that game, they're going to be fine. Rendon didn't even play this year. He has a monster contract. They need him to come back and play like he did for the Nationals. So uh, if, if they finally get some pitching, the Angels going to win a lot of baseball games. Yeah, so if, when he becomes a free agent in 2023, what do you think that eventual contract could look like? Cause I don't think we've ever seen a player just like him at all. It depends. You know, you got to back it up. I mean, a lot of guys have been one, one year wonders, you know, you got to back that thing up and show that consistency before you talk about a long-term deal for that kind of money. And I'm sure he will because he's been that type of player his whole life. But yeah, it could be, you know, four or $500 million easily. So Frank, who, who you got coming out of the American league? Who, who faces the Dodgers? Mm. I've said it all year long, and I'm not going to back up since they're playing poorly the second half. I'm going to say the Chicago White Sox. I think they match up very similar with uh, superstar rotations and bullpens. I think the White Sox has the bullpen edge. I think the Dodgers might have the starting edge. But uh, you look at the, the lineups of just great, exciting hitters and players all over the diamond, that would be a fun World Series. And you think Tony's been holding back some wrinkles, right? Of course he has. He's been setting his team up all over September, resting guys in the right spots. Because once they hit the game in, September, in October, he don't want any excuses from these guys, you know, worn down or tired or sore. Or, you know, they got to hit the ground running in October. Frank, as you're laying back there, just I, I see the glasses on, seeing clearly. Yes. Tell, tell me yes. about Verilux. Verilux, the world's number one uh, progressive lenses. And uh, they made a big difference for me. When I played the game, I'll tell you guys, I was, you know, 2010. I saw everything, you know, so I could see the seams out of the pitcher's hand. Most guys couldn't see that. But uh, once I retired, like 45, you know, you get to those menus, they start to look like you can't see everything is blurred. You get to the text messages and all the apps. I knew something was wrong. So I went to my local eye care provider and uh, he told me I had presby presbyopia. And I'm like, what is that? Because I thought it was something very serious. But he said, it's just, it's aging old eyes. And that's a condition that happened to most people at the, after the age of 40. So I lasted to 45, but I, I suggest everyone go out and, and take care of their eyesight and, and get to their eye care provider and get checked up because you can find us at verilux.com and it, it really makes huge changes. I have progressive lenses now. I can see out and I can see down with my text messages and menus and everything else. So um, it's, it's been a great move and it's really helped my eyesight. Big Hurt gets 300 at bats with those hat with those with those glasses on. How many how many how many bombs are we hitting? I'll be honest. I wish I'd have had them at the age of 40 because I started fouling off balls and I'm like, how in the hell am I missing? So uh, I didn't know that my eyes were going bad. <laughs> so now who knows? I'll probably get up there and then take some swing. But who's gonna run for me? You still look like you can move down that line. I know you're working out in in Frank Thomas land. 
Hey, Frank, appreciate it. Uh, we always, it was great to catch up with you before the playoffs. Have a, have a great rest of your day. Any takeaways from talking to 35? Uh, that he's extremely high in the White Sox. Like, he thinks they're going to the World Series, and he also thinks Shohei Otani is going to get four to 500 million bucks. Like, what do you think about that, Carmen? <laughs> hey, I, I think that Frank is uh, maybe a little bit of his heart out there, perhaps, but I like that he stuck with it. He's a huge, you know, he's, he loves Eloy uh, and uh, Eloy's going to be right in the thicket if, if they're going to do this. Uh, and he loves Tony. So he, he might be, there could be a little black and white, uh, White Sox jersey, red rose colored glasses going on here. But hey, I appreciate a guy who's loyal. I was sitting with him um, on, the, on the anniversary of Jim Tomey's 500th homer. And I looked it up like Frank Thomas got it the same year, but he got it with the blue Jays wow. playing against the twins in Minnesota. And I had all these stats and we're on TV. It's a 25 minute show. So I didn't get to hit all of it, but he just starts looking super kind of bothered on the set. And I thought it was because I was bringing up whatever. And, and it turns out he, he was just sitting there like, I wish that I had gotten my 500th Homer in, in that uniform. Like, like Tommy did, like he wanted that moment for himself. And I, I thought that was, you know, little bit of insight into, which is why I said in the interview, like you wanted to finish your careers wearing the black and white, you were a white Sox guy through and through and, and still are today. So I, I mean, I, I love that. I really do. Yeah. So do I. And like here, like, I always enjoy hearing people who are authentic and like, you definitely can tell he's a white Sox guy heart to heart. And I'm glad he didn't get to hear me say anything about my takes on the white Sox because like, I know I joked <laughs> with you off camera about uh, La Russa and Dusty Baker throwing haymakers, but I could have seen him reaching his hands through my screen and probably choking me out or something. You yeah, wouldn't want, you, you wouldn't want that with Frank. Yeah. That would have, uh, that would have hurt big. No, no yeah. pun intended. Uh, the big hurt though. I think he's, he's a lover, not a fighter. He's, you know, that you, he would, yeah. he would have handled it fine. Oh, hey, yeah. uh, uh, thanks again for everybody uh, listening today. And thanks to Frank Thomas for coming on. Uh, we're going to have hopefully uh, some, I know we're going to have some, some, some big guests for you and, and the baseball conversation going forward. So Robert, I'll see you next Monday, my friend. I'll see you next Monday. Let's get weird, my friend. Let's get weird. Thanks for listening to the baseball insiders podcast. We'll see you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.